Welcome back to Diabetech. I'm Justin. I have type 1 diabetes and on here I talk all things diabetes tech, news and management with tech leaders, educators and those living with diabetes. Today is the second of two episodes on sugar level displays or screens that I use around the house to glance at my CGM readings. If you're watching via YouTube, yes, those are them behind me. Last week, I spoke with the creator of Sugar Pixel, a well-known sugar display. I've made videos on social media about it. It lives on my desk and it also lives behind me as a set piece. Today, I'm talking about another display. It's called Tidbit and it wasn't built to be a diabetes device. It's more of an information center, but there has been a user-made app that shows sugar level readings. It also projects an optional graph to the screen and has a bunch of customization features. Today, I'm speaking with the creator of the free app, Paul Murphy, who also has type one diabetes, and I'm asking him about what sparked the idea to make the app and how it works. As a fellow DIY looper, we also get into what he hopes to see from the diabetes industry when it comes to working with smaller developers and the DIY community. If you wanna check out Tidbit or SugarPixel, there are links in today's show notes. I do get a small commission from these, so it is a great way to support the show. Keep in mind that anything you hear on this podcast or content on my social media and YouTube channel is not medical advice. Always consult with your physician before making changes to your healthcare. All right, let's get into the conversation. Paul, thank Justin. you so much for coming on the show today. I'm very excited to talk about the device right behind me. Great. And I also have it set to a different screen that I've never set it to before because just before this show started, you were telling me I could customize it. So that's very new to me. I just looked back. I was like, that's not what I normally have. So we'll get into like customization. But yeah, for sure. before we do, I know a lot of listeners have no idea what a tidbit is. And and you're not the creator of tidbit. Right. We're talking about your app. But can you tell us a little bit about what tidbit is? Yeah, Tidbit is very simple. It's kind of a, a dumb device, but uh, very cool in its ability to configure in a lot of different ways. Uh, it basically just displays 32 by 64 pixel images. Um, and then behind Tidbit is a series of servers that can push images based on all kinds of programmatic logic. So there are stock tickers and um, you can show your latest Spotify playlist or all kinds of things, sports scores, all of those kinds of things can be displayed. So I thought it was a perfect way to display my blood sugar graph. So I wrote an app uh, and uh, it, as you can see right behind you, pushes uh, blood sugar from a Night Scout feed. Yeah, uh, I've had Tidbit for some time now. I actually am speaking with Tidbit. I may work on some future videos for them like as an influencer, uh, but there are lots of cool like information you can put up there. I like putting my um, YouTube stats. I can see like how many yeah. subscribers and views I get. And train times was very cool for New York. I could put the ACE trains on there and I can right. see as I'm leaving my house, okay, so I have seven minutes to go catch that train. So that right. was really cool. And, and I keep a clock and the weather and a few other things like that on there too. Yeah, and the main app I use these days is the uh, is your app because I just love the way it looks and it's just kind of become this like set piece for my show. What sparked your decision to make this app? Yeah, that's a good question. So I've actually used, and I know you're probably going to talk to John Fawcett. I've used his Sugar Pixel. I've got one 
that sits in my gym right where I can see it on the treadmill. Um, and it's terrific. Uh, it's a, it's a great little device, uh, 99 bucks or whatever it is and is, is perfect and has some functionality that the tidbit doesn't have. Um, but I liked the tidbit just as kind of a retro display. Um, I like the idea of showing a clock on it or rotating through the weather or sports scores or having it sit in my living room and having some function beyond just the blood sugar. Um, but one of the things that the tidbit offered that the sugar pixel doesn't, at least for me, um, that's useful is a larger display. Um, so even in, so for example, the mode that you're in right now, you can see your graph for the last three hours. Uh, which is always helpful in decision making so you can see a trend um, or recall what you what your blood sugar has been over the last three hours um, but even in the other modes where the graph isn't being displayed it's simply a larger display um, it also has kind of a retro look that i like um, and that's in no way to disparage the look of the sugar pixel because it's also very cool like i said i own one and use it um, but the tidbit for me um, uh, kind of offered a way to be a little bit more elegant of a display as a furniture piece. Yeah, I love my Sugar Pixel. I like the size. It's perfect for like right on yeah. my desk that I can glance at it. The nice thing about the tidbit is it's a very sleek device. It's got that wood frame to it. It looks yeah. cool on like a bookshelf. Um, it's it's more of a um, of a of almost like an art piece. Then That's I'd right. say a sugar pixel is a sugar pixel is more of like just like a tool, and yeah. that's what I really love about my tidbit. Now, how much work went into building this app? Just for people listening, yeah. tidbit allows users to build apps for their device. That's part of what makes it so special. Tidbit has a bunch of their own apps that they've created, but they make it open source so that users like you can create yeah. it. How much work is that? Do they do they make it easier for you at all? Too. So they have they have made it easier. Yeah, they're they've grown up a little bit as a, as an organization as well. Um, when I first um, wrote the app, I actually modified an existing app. So a, a developer named Jeremy Tavner had built a very simple app to grab simply your latest reading from a Night Scout source. Um, the way Night Scout was configured on that, your Night Scout had to be configured in exactly a perfect way. Um, so it wasn't very versatile, but it was set up for one particular user and was simply displaying the latest reading with the trend. And that was great, um, but I, I thought there was more value than that. So I began working on a local version myself. Tidbit provides a, a server application that can run on your own machine that can render the images that then get pushed to your local tidbit. So without hosting on their servers, I actually just ran a script, a cron job on my local Mac that every 10 seconds was updating that display. Uh, and I fiddled with that for six or eight months really before I felt like it was even worth sharing with the world. It, it, it was full of bugs and always was crashing and you know had all kinds of problems as it really was only useful for for my own use but once i had that working um the tidbit tidbit folks were really useful in um getting that push to their community and getting it through their qa process to make sure it was running right um so now i i run mine off of the tidbit servers um which are pretty reliable. Uh, they do occasionally have some connection issues, uh, and I know they're working on that. Um, but 
yeah, it, it runs full time on uh, four different devices on my at my house. So including one in my bedroom that is dedicated to just blood sugar. Um, it runs in night mode, very dim so that it doesn't bother me while I'm sleeping. Um, and it's been, uh, it's been great. Uh, but there is to answer your question, there's been quite a bit of development work. So to take that original code and turn that into something that pulls a graph that accurately displays where each line in the graph is is legitimately a five minute increment, um, like the the G6 or the G7 data, um, was quite a bit of work. And then getting the graphing to be color coded the way we want with the graph lines and the threshold lines, uh, and then the different modes as well um, was was quite a bit of work. So there's been some fine tuning. In fact. Um, I discovered a very small error even today and pushed an update today. So there's still some ongoing, um, some ongoing level of, of development there. Yeah. What are some of the customization features for this screen? You kind of showed me one before the show yeah. and I was very surprised. I, I guess I just hadn't looked at the app for a while. Uh, tell us right. about some so, of that and I'll try to follow along on my yeah. app as you're telling me for people the major watching. customization so you display my favorite customization which is the three hour graph uh, but if you wanted to just simply display your latest reading with the uh, trend you could turn off the show graph toggle in your app and hit save and so go. then you see just a clock with your latest reading you can even actually turn off the clock there and you actually see another feature that I like. So you notice under the um, under the reading number and under the trend, there's a series of dashes that shows you how old the reading is. So I think there's one dash being displayed there right now. So that shows that your reading is one minute old. Okay, and for people who are watching, I just you can change the ranges of the numbers. For some reason, my ninety four was yellow, uh, so I just went in and changed it so that my normal my normal range is from nine uh, from like eighty to right. So that's the next customization. You can set urgent high numbers. You can set high numbers. You can set regular low numbers and urgent low numbers. Um, for for different color display, uh, both on the graph and on your reading. Um, there's another mode in there, which is night mode, which after sundown in your local time zone will display everything just as like a 10% gray um, with no color coding at all so that it's, it's uh, not too bright in your bedroom at night. When it comes to connecting CGM. So I already did speak to yeah. John Fawcett who made Sugar Pixel yeah. and we kind of covered some of that. I'm sure there's going to be some overlap. That He's episode kind of also in this field. Yeah. Yeah, and that episode will have already come out a week prior to this episode. We're kind of doing like okay. a, a two-parter. So we covered you can connect Dexcom pretty easily on his system. Uh yeah. Libre 2 and 3 are coming like ingrained yep. he announced which was very exciting yep. um and then there are ways to get like medtronic and eversense working through like night scout yeah. now tell me what it takes to get readings on this because i did it it's not as simple as sugar pixel right. with the dexcom clarity right. or or dexcom share it, yeah. you need to use night scout 
Uh, so yep. kind of what is that process like? So you, yeah, as you said, you, um, Tidbit requires a Night Scout setup uh, in order to read its readings. Um, there are two reasons for that. Um, and one is I wanted to connect directly to the Dexcom originally when I first started to write the app. But I actually wanted to support more users than just the Dexcom users. I know that there are users of other CGMs that are uploading data into Night Scout, and that becomes a more versatile platform for a lot of users. Um, this is already working in the DIY space, and so I thought it wasn't too much to ask of the user base to be using Night Scout. I thought there would be a lot of overlap between the users of something like the Tidbit and, and Night Scout anyway. So um, that's the first reason. Um, the second reason is that Dexcom actually doesn't make the connection to its API all that straightforward. Um, there's kind of a workaround via Dexcom follow, but it's not officially supported and it could go away at any time. In fact, if you talk to uh, Josh at um, Sugarmate, he would probably also tell you that they had like a six month outage because they were using that API and Dexcom pulled the rug out from underneath them. So I didn't want to have something like that happen um, and, and not be able to rely on Dexcom's official support and have that go away for users. So I've stuck with Night Scout. Um, so that's, I suppose, a limitation, but to me it also is um, uh, uh, provides a lot of accessibility to a lot of different users. So you need to have a Night Scout uh, instance. That Night Scout needs to be recording your CGM data and it needs to be recording things like uh, the direction arrow and the trend data and some of the basic things that the CGM records. I happen to use Loop. Loop updates that uh, into Night Scout automatically with all the appropriate data. So that goes very smoothly. But then really, once you have Night Scout configured in any number of configurations for Night Scout, whether you've got that locked down behind a token login um, or, um, or if you've got that wide open via publicly accessible read-only uh, URL, you basically just enter the URL into the, um, into the Tidbit app and you should see data start flowing. You should see uh, it backfill with the last three hours of data uh, and see your latest reading, uh, at least by the time the next reading comes in. Yeah, so when I set up my tidbit, getting yeah. Night Scout set up was a little confusing to me. Yeah. And luckily, yeah. there are some resources out there that can provide kind of the work behind it to get it set up for you. Uh, I was using, yeah. or I am using, Night Scout Pro. I pay $5 a month, and they take yep. care of my website. Sometimes it goes I down. Personally use, I personally use T1Pal for the same reason. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm technically capable of maintaining a Night Scout site, but I'm already maintaining Loop and my Tidbit app and living my life. <laughs> so, yeah, right. So, so I, I go ahead and use a commercial Night Scout provider. Yeah, well, something I learned in my interview with John was of an app called Gluru. Uh, this yeah. is a free app that I downloaded today, and they set up a Night Scout account and website for you instantly for free. And Great. so I just did that, and I haven't tested it yet because I was going to interview you. I'm like, I can't have my tidbit like go offline right before I'm going to interview yeah. you. But... Um, I'm going to test that out, and I'm sure I'll have tested that out by the time this airs. So hopefully um, I'll have that answer for people. And if Gluru's good to go, I'll put that resource yeah. in today's show but notes. Night, 
But Night yeah. Scout is getting more and more accessible for more and more users. The the DIY version of that is a little easier. Um, sit, getting that set up on Google Cloud Hosting, for example, is pretty well documented. And I know some some T1 moms and dads and some T1s who've set that up pretty successfully. Just non-technical folks who've been able to just follow through the process and get that set up. Um, but yeah, Night Scout is is a requirement for the, the Tidbit app. I just want to mention, you mentioned SugarMate earlier. For people who are listening, yeah. SugarMate's this great app that you can get on your phone. You can even get it on your desktop of your Mac. It shows you your blood sugar and a bunch of other information. SugarMate- analytical, yeah. Yeah, and they used to do the whole Dexcom readings by themselves. Like you said, their system went down and now they are partnered with Dexcom. Now, one thing with about that is that I've tried to work with Tidbit and I know other companies have tried to work with Dexcom and I've tried to work with Tidbit to work with Dexcom and it yep. hasn't been an, an easy process. In fact, it hasn't really gone anywhere. It doesn't right. seem like Dexcom wants to play surprisingly right. with these companies. Maybe they don't see the money in it. Um, right. But I don't think they really need to do that much work. What do you want to see from companies like Dexcom in this industry yeah. in the future? I, I'd like to see Dexcom, and I don't know if this is possible under the way they have to work with the FDA and as a medical device provider, if this is even possible. And maybe they already know this, but I'd like to see Dexcom understand that they really are supplying devices to people who are working in a DIY ecosystem. Um, that whether they like it or not, people are using the G6 and the G7 to loop. People are using the G6 and G7 off-label uh, in some way or another. And so maybe they've done that, right? They haven't encrypted any of the data so that loop can still read that data as as it's uh, being transmitted um but as you said uh, you know i've tried to work directly with dexcom i've tried to work through the official api channel and they've pretty well hamstrung the official api uh you could use it yourself but that the data is three hours old and that sort of thing um the reason um sugarmate is actually able to partner with dexcom is because they're owned by tandem now and tandem yes, was already a dexcom i partner. did know that okay yeah. What is the incentive for Dexcom to close off their API and add that three-hour delay? I, I think it's got to be that they're covering their own backside. Uh, I think that if they say, if you are using this as a medical device you're and to make medical decisions, you're only going to make it with our FDA-approved software. And that any other software working with it is not being used for decision-making. Okay. that I get that. Um, but also when it comes to the FDA, John Fawcett of Sugar Pixel was saying that it's like a separate, these devices like Tidbit and Sugar Pixel are a separate type of product. They're considered like a stage two or level two device that aren't like where you're getting your inform, where you're making these crucial decisions from, or at least you shouldn't. Right. Um, so, you know, we can only hope that Dexcom and other companies start to work better. Yeah, with uh, I mean, I, I generally would like to see Dexcom making decisions about patient care more than their bottom line. I know they're a publicly traded company and they have an obligation to their shareholders. And I'm sure 
Ken Sayer has told you the exact same thing, uh, that they have to be making decisions to stay profitable. Otherwise, they can't provide these devices for anybody yeah. in any circumstance. Um, but for them to, to at least be aware that this ecosystem exists and that they are um, integrally a part of that, um, to allow for that to happen in their sandboxes as much as possible would be useful. Yeah. Back to the tidbit, or rather yeah. your app, are there any features that don't exist now that you would like to bring to the app in the future? Not really, actually. Um, I, I think I've got it about as complex as I want it to be. Um, some of the major features uh, that I wanted to be sure were in place before it was public um, is I wanted to be able to see gaps in the readings. So for example, if, you, if you're changing your, your sensor and you have that two hour gap in your readings, I wanted that gap to show up uh, correctly. Um, I wanted it to accurately display if readings were old or stale, um, and it does that now. So if you were to, for example, turn off your Night Scout or the uploads to your Night Scout for a couple of minutes, you'd see that that would start to tell you that those readings are six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, 25 minutes old, whatever. Or while you're updating your, your sensor, or changing your sensor, you'll see that that will tell you that the readings are up to two hours old. Um, and then the last big hurdle for me that I overcame a couple of months ago was to make those readings uh, displayable in the non-US units, in the MMOL units. Um, and that's now available as well. So um, yeah, the, the major features I wanted to have in place are already in place. Anything I would be doing now uh, would be like the kinds of things I did for you when you were setting yours up, which would be filling in some of the gaps in some of the various Night Scout in, uh, implementations so that I could support tokens and the different kinds of logins and that sort of thing. There, there's occasionally some discrepancies in the Night Scout data depending on configuration, and I need to make some updates based on that. Do you know how many people are using this, the app? I, I asked yesterday, there are 37 uh, implementations of tidbit happening right now. So I don't know, 30, 35 people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm very curious. I, it's cool that you could get that information because after this airs, I'd like to see if that increases. I think it's obviously going to take some time because people need to get the tidbit, which there yeah. will be a link in today's show notes, but also they need to implement the night scout, which hopefully yeah. I'll just and I've also had to be, be careful able, about yeah. I've had to be careful about promoting it. It's not a commercial venture for me. I don't make any money on the app and I'm not related in any way to the people who make the tidbits. So uh, I want people to be clear that I'm not selling these devices. Um, if they have one themselves, the app is available. And so I've been really careful about promoting it uh, because I, I want to be a good upstanding member of the diabetes community and not seen as, as predatory. Um, so I want people to be careful, to be clear that I'm not selling these devices or trying to profit off of it. Uh, but for as many people as want to try and get it set up, I would love, I'd be more than happy to help do it. And I've had a handful of people reach out and ask for some support getting it set up and I've been able to help them. So that's been great. Yeah. Full transparency. Well, two things, a, I'm going to put I want to put together like a how to video. Uh, I was saying yeah. to John, just like to get Night Scout ready and all those things. And also on an influencer level, I do like have an affiliate agreement with Tidbit where I get like 
a small, very small percentage of these yeah. of sales of that go, go through me. But on my end, I see, you know, it helps fund what I'm doing because this is a full time job and yeah. being able to help, but also, you know, obviously be able to support myself. So um, yeah. I do make a very small amount, not, you know, nothing crazy. Yeah, um, no, I'd just be I'd just be happy if people were setting them up in their kids rooms and being able to get some value out of it. Absolutely. What do you want to see from the DIY community? Is there something that doesn't exist yet that you think is possible to come from them, whether it's DIY loop or other devices like this? Um, nothing specific, although I get a little I get a little impatient because I, I'm active in the loop development as well. And I get impatient with myself as well, not just with the other developers. Uh, that that is not moving as quickly as it could. There are devices on the market that could be supported or there are features that could be supported or bugs that need to be fixed. Um, and it's frustrating to me that that's not commercially viable because of FDA rules and a lot of other reasons um, that, that there's just not a lot of incentive for a lot of capable developers to do a lot of work uh, because it's not profitable. Um, so I get frustrated with that. Uh, but I'm I'm victim of that myself, right? I, I do my updates when I can and in my spare time and as it's convenient to me. Yeah, John mentioned that there are other applications like Android APS and iAPS, which is like another yeah. iOS app. Have you ever tried those before? He said that those have some other features that Loop doesn't have. Yeah, early on, I tried the free APS uh, which had a couple of features that made their way into Loop 3.0. Um, the the iOS Loop main branch seems to be, in my opinion, kind of the most mature, um, and it's because it's followed a lot of the Tide Pool development as well. It even has an interface in common with the Tide Pool Loop uh, that will be commercially available if and when they ever find partners to work with on that. Um, uh, and I've maintained the development branch. I'm I, I I'm kind of up to the minute on the development branch because I I have some code that runs in a few of the modules and need to stay up to date on any bug fixes or anything else that's happening as it as my code impacts that. Um, so there are some cool algorithm experiments in place with retrospective cre correction and some dosing features um, that are that are kind of cool that I've been involved in. Um, I'd love to see those be able to be more widely tested. I'd love to see us get analytical data on all of that. I'd love to see some of that run more like um, in the, I'd like to see that stuff get tested in the way other medical, professional, commercial medical devices get tested um, where there's, you know, large groups of participants um, measuring outcomes in a in a triple blind way and all of it, you know all of the ways that that could be done um, I'd love I'd love to see that happen a little more but we're all just doing the best we can so the tidbit it's hundred and seventy nine dollars what would you say to people who are looking at that price are like that wow that's a lot of money for like an LED screen like do yeah. you think that the the device you know with your app because obviously people are yeah watching because of that but like with that app plus all the other um features on it do you think that that warrants um that price do you think it's it's worth it for I, people 
My girlfriend gave me the best piece of advice when I was very first thinking about buying a tidbit before there was an app to use. I was going to have to write my own app for it. And she just said, if it's going to help you in your diabetes treatment, isn't it worth a couple hundred bucks? Yeah, yes, it is. I think it is. Um, and I'd say the same thing with the sugar pixel or, or with downloading sugar mate or the hassle of updating night scout. Um, you know, the having a night scout instance is really useful for my endocrinologist. Um, those, those, um, reports that are available and the ability to see my data in a, in a fine scale way is much more robust than just Dexcom clarity provides. Uh, and so it's, it's worth it. It's a few bucks compared to my insurance premiums and the cost of insulin and the cost of CGMs, $179 so that I can see my blood sugar in the middle of the night when my Dexcom, Dexcom alarm goes off is worth it. Yeah. And I've got to say the same too. I'm, I'm really happy with my tidbit for obviously your, mostly your app, but even like it's just such a, I'm a techie, so it's just such yeah. a fun, cool device to have in the background on Zoom calls. And I also just love seeing my YouTube stats on there too. It's just like cool to have, it's kind of like a goal yeah. for me to like watch that grow. Yeah. So, um, so good. I'm, yeah, I'm I glad mean, to, I to asked answer you that. Your, yeah. To answer your, yeah, to answer your question a little further even, I mean, I, I have one tidbit in my bedroom that only displays CGM data. Uh, and when I, if I have an alarm go off in the middle of the night, I don't have to wake up and put on my glasses. Uh, I don't have to fumble with my phone. I don't have to open an app. I can open my eyes and across the room, see my graph and know exactly what's happening. I can see in an instant, oh, this is a compression low because obviously, look, the graph just dropped low there. I don't have to worry about this. Or I've trended low and I can see for how long and how fast I've trended low. But I also have one of these that sits in my office. So during the day while I'm working and I'm on calls all day long like this one, I can just glance at my blood sugar in a, in a nondescript way and it's available to me full time. That to me is worth a couple hundred bucks. It's, it's paid for itself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Paul, yeah. this was an awesome conversation. I think what you've done is just so incredible for the community, but also just like it being just like a project you worked on for, for you and building this cool app. Like I just, I just think it's something to be really proud of. And uh, I can't wait for people who are watching and listening to hear and see what it all what it's all about i hope people who are listening also try and just watch the youtube videos so they can see it um and yeah i think a lot of people are gonna to want to check this out i think it's thanks it's a great yeah, device i think it's so. i think it's easy for people to be overwhelmed by all the technology they might have to consume especially if you're new to diabetes uh, but this i tried to make this as simple as possible if you've got the night scout instance you can paste the url in and it should work for you pretty well right away and if it doesn't i encourage people to reach out to me well, thank you so much, Paul, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. Anytime, Justin. Always a pleasure.
Thanks for listening to today's episode. Definitely go check out Tidbit with the link in today's show notes. I've also got a link to the Sugar Pixel in there as well. If you haven't already listened to it, I spoke with the creator of Sugar Pixel on last week's episode. It's a less expensive device, has a ton of features, including audio alerts, and it's definitely worth hearing about. I've also got a link to that in today's show notes as well. New episodes release every Monday on YouTube and on all major podcast platforms, so follow me there. I've also got videos releasing on YouTube every Friday. If you want to follow me there or on social media, I've got links to that as well in the show notes. Until next week, I'm Justin and I'll take you later.